You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday final podcast of the week. We've got to recap a big win by the New Orleans Pelicans, your New Orleans Pelicans, over the Los Angeles Clippers, 132-127. We're going to spend the first two segments at least talking about this, probably leak into the third segment as well, and then briefly touch on the game this weekend, Sunday. Day at home in the Smoothie King Center against the Warriors. Also, another kind of important piece of NBA news, though not really. I'll let you guys know what that is. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So before we get into the victory last night, don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else coming to you breaking down everything you want to know about the team. The big wins. A lot of big losses right now, too, but also the improvement from this franchise as they gear up for the rest of the regular season. Subscribing does help keep this free and five days a week for you all, as well as leaving a five-star review with a quick comment. Only takes 30 seconds. We don't ask for much from you here at Locked On Pelicans. We just give you the content. We're asking for this, so subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and leave a five-star review. So your New Orleans Pelicans grabbed their third win of the season, a much-needed third win of the year, maybe to kind of quiet down some of the anger that's been building. 132-127 over the Los Angeles Clippers. This is a big win for the team, no doubt about it. They were in this one throughout the entirety of the game before just slamming the door closed with some excellent play from Drew Holiday, spoiling the return of Paul George for the Los Angeles Clippers. Watching this game, this is probably their most complete and best game of the season. I was optimistic after that Houston Rockets game, seeing some better things from the defense, and you really saw more of that in last night's game, despite the defensive rating not being great. We're going to look at that. We'll look at the offense, too, and some of the key guys, the standout performances from this one, but I was happy with what I saw, and you can see some real improvement and some real growth from the team on the night. So let's start with the standout performers, the first one that's going to jump off the page at you, and if you watch the game, the screen was Drew Holiday. He was flat out awesome in the first half. 24 points in the first two frames for the Pelicans, much maligned point guard right now who needed a breakout game. And Alvin Gentry talked about how he just needs to get that scoring mentality, attack the basket, do his thing, and worry less about setting up others. Well, he did that, particularly early on in the game when he was driving, he was attacking, putting in reverse layups, up and unders, all sorts of things that he was trying to score with, and that got him going. And then once he got going for that way, his three-point shot started falling. He finished with 36 points on the night, was 13 of 24, above 50%, that's key for him, 5 of 6 from deep, 5 of 7 from the line, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 7 turnovers, yes, some of them were uncharacteristic uncharacteristic too. He went through a stretch in the third period and the start of the fourth quarter where he didn't do much of anything. He had 24 points at halftime going into the fourth quarter. 
He had 24 points. That wasn't what you wanted to see from him. Part of that was he was getting a rest and the Pelicans reserves were playing well. So he didn't need to necessarily be out there. But once he got back in the game, it looked like he was trying to set up others and start creating for others. And that led to some of the turnovers. But late in the game, when the Pelicans needed a bucket, they got the ball to Drew Holiday and he got them that bucket, whether it was a driving uh, attack at the rim or an open three-pointer or an off-the-dribble three-pointer. He was feeling himself and he really let it be known that he was in this game. This is exactly the type of Drew Holiday you want to see from him. This is what we've wanted all season long. I made a joke to someone at the game and I'm like, man, where has, you know, this, this is a completely different Drew Holiday. And then that guy turns right back to me and goes, no, no, no. The guy we've seen for the first 10 games is the different Drew Holiday. This is the real Drew Holiday. I like that better. Sounds a little bit nicer. And this is who we thought he was. And this is why a lot of people weren't jumping off the Drew Holiday bandwagon and hadn't been worried about his play saying it will come around. He is not nearly as bad as he has played through the first 10 games. And in the 11th game, he woke up. He also woke up defensively. He, he's been good defensively all year. I shouldn't say that. He was also just a monster in this one. Usual Drew Holiday self. Forcing turnovers, grabbing steals, getting out and just doing everything he needed to do. He had six steals in this one. That's absurd. Six steals for Drew Holiday in this one. Playing excellent defense, whether it was matched up on some of the guards or whether it was matched up against Paul George making his return. Paul George, other than the fouls, was awesome in this game putting up 33 points, nine rebounds, four assists. He was three of five from deep. He's a very good player. When matched up against him, Holiday forced three turnovers on him in crunch time in the final five minutes of the game. That is how you slam the door closed on a really good Clippers team that still has some star power and is very deep despite not having Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. So I said his defense was good, but the defense from the team as a whole was really good. And I'm going to focus on that in the next segment. But Derek Favors is a big reason for that. The guy getting the start down low, clearly feeling healthy, finished with an unbelievable 20-point, 20-rebound 20 night uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans. 11 defensive boards, 9 offensive boards, keeping possessions alive. He was 9 of 13. He even hit a 3 in this one. But he was the rim protector that the Pelicans have lacked at times. And with the different scheme that they've run, particularly over the past two games, it really kind of stretches beyond that a little bit. He is more important than ever deterring drives at the rim and limiting opponent points in the paint. He certainly did that in this one at times, despite the Clippers shooting at an extremely high level. He was good. 20 and 20 is not a joke. And he really limited the Clippers' second chance points, something they're normally really good at, holding them to just seven by just hoovering up all of those rebounds that he could. He was outstanding in this game. Another guy off the bench who was great was Frank Jackson. We'll touch on him a little bit more in the next segment too, but he finished with 23 points on the night. Um, J.J. Redick had his shot going. He's only three of seven from deep, but God, it feels like it was way more than that, right? He finished the night with 19 points. He was very, very good. We'll talk more about the defense. Two other guys that really stood out, one of them being Frank Jackson, but another rookie got in on the action and at times looked impressive at times struggled but it's worth looking at his game we'll let you know who that was coming up in just a moment 
Today's edition of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by MyBookie. Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at MyBookie.ag where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. Use promo code LOCKEDON and MyBookie will match 50% of your first deposit. So I was so caught up in the hype of the win and just the unbelievable play from a number of the guys on the team, at least in terms of scoring in the offense, I didn't even mention who was out for this team. There was no Brandon Ingram, no Josh Hart, no Jaleel Okafor. Those are three guys who've been playing significant minutes, no Lonzo Ball too, and you need all of those guys and the Pelicans managed to go out there and just play out of their minds offensively and do just enough defensively, even though I thought there was significant improvement, that... They got a win over a Clippers team that basically had the opposite type of record. They were 7-3 and three going into this one, I think, than the uh, Pelicans did. That's really good. There's no other way to say we're 7-4, and four, so they're 7-5 and five now. Sorry, the Clippers. That's really good and really impressive. You know, you want to say it's the next man up mentality, but that's a lot easier said than done. Sometimes you just don't have the horses to carry you that far. The Pelicans guys showed up and proved they were those guys in this game. So a couple other standout performances with this that I want to talk about. Frank Jackson was awesome coming off the bench, scoring 23 points for the team. 9 of 14 from the field, 4 of 7 from deep. You also saw some very good defense late in the game from him on Lou Williams. Lou Williams at one point was like a damn shark hunting for Jackson Hayes, who I'm going to talk about in a moment. He saw a rookie defender out there who was not doing too well and went after him to try and draw fouls and just take advantage of him. He smelled blood in the water. And when he was matched up against Frank, Frank shut him down, I think, on back-to-back possessions late in the fourth. That's not easy to do against a multiple-time six-man-of-the-year winner who's basically just offensive lightning in a bottle. Pretty good job by him, just getting the ball, shooting the ball while having some confidence, hitting the dagger that basically put the Pelicans ahead to ice the game almost. Awesome performance from him off the bench. When a team was lacking scoring, he stepped up to be that guy. Five rebounds for him, two assists as well. Pretty good effort on the night. You have to be really happy with how he played. Jackson Hayes got significant run in this one for him. 13 minutes on the night, three of six from the field for nine points along with three rebounds. But he was a minus eight in this one. And watching him, you can see he is still very much a rookie. Offensively, though, he showed me a few things. He had a knack for being in the dunker spot, basically to the left or right of the basket working off ball. So Drew Holiday would drive and attack, would take a shot he would miss. You had Jackson Hayes right there to flush it back down for an easy put-back dunk for some second-chance points. When a guy drives and beats his man by, the the guy guarding Jackson Hayes has to choose. Do I go cover Drew Holiday or give him a free shot at the rim? Or do Or do I stay on Jackson Hayes and give Drew Holiday a free shot at the rim? Or do I rotate over? And by rotating over, you're gonna leave Jackson Hayes open. Jackson Hayes is not a good rebounder right now. He struggles in that regard. He struggles on defense too. But if you leave him open, he can get that ball and he can put it back down. He also had two chances uh, to murder people in this game with dunks and missed both of those using his long arms and just come in flying. He'll get better with time and with some strength and a little bit better feel in his hands for the ball and kind of in motion. But he was good offensively in this, a good role man. He sets very solid screens already, which is something that bigs don't always do when they come into the league. That was nice to see. Dives well, has enough uh, handles up there to be useful in dribble handoff situations. I liked what I saw from him offensively. 
Defensively, I just mentioned the stuff about Lou Williams. Oh, God, no. He fouls too much. Um, he had uh, just, uh, what was it, four fouls in this one in 13 minutes. That's not good. And was just abused defensively at times. But you only are going to get better by going out and playing. And I liked what I saw from him offensively, that I didn't think he was a complete waste. Overall, I'd say it's a good night for him. Nikhil Alexander-Walker got some action in this one too. 21 minutes, only finished with two points, but he drives and he attacks and it opens up the defense tremendously. You can see that and it creates for others, even if the assist numbers don't always bear that out, just three for him on the night. But he finished a plus minus with plus 12. Part of that, he was out there next to Drew Holiday for a good bit and kind of the real first real pairing we've seen of those two. But he can go out and be aggressive and attack and fill a lot of that role, and the Pelicans have been lacking that aggression. It won't show up in the, in the stat sheet. He was 0 for 6 from the field, but he was pretty good tonight. What was really good, though, was the defense, and this was much needed for the Pelicans. We'll talk about it in the third segment. We'll, we'll put it over there. I thought they were improved and they've changed their scheme up a pretty good bit, and I think that's the main reason why we'll dive into it coming up here on Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans also brought to you by Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and the audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. So the defense, the much maligned defense, and basically the reason the Pelicans have lost a lot of these games so far, one of the many reasons, you can argue it's maybe the, the mainest of all the main reasons, the defense. I thought they were good in this. The numbers won't necessarily bear it out. They had a defensive rating of 119.8. Let's round up, call it 120. That would be worse than the league, worse than the Golden State Warriors, who, by the way, have the second worst defense over something like the past 30 years right now uh, with a defensive rating of 117.2. So almost 120 is not good. However, you see things you like. And I think part of the reason why that number isn't the most accurate of how the defense actually played, certainly it's what they gave up per 100 possessions. However, the Clippers shot 54.8% from the field, 45.8% from three. They were on and they were not missing things. Even well-contested looks were going in for them. Now that happens when you have Lou Williams, when you have Montrez Harrell down below. And of course, Paul Frickin' George came back and looked like he hasn't been out for any period of time. But overall, the defense was good. The past two games in particular, they've gone away from the scheme that Jeff Bizdelic brought over from Houston, where you try and trap the ball handler above the three-point line with the guard and then a high big coming out. They've gotten away from that, and they're playing much more just one-on-one and with a switching scheme. They don't switch as much. They're still trying to fight through screens, but they're not trying to trap the ball handler and force uh, force the ball out of his hands. That created a lot of issues for the defensive rotations, just really really long rotations. Kyrie Irving gets the ball out of his hands after a trap, gets the ball to someone else. They've got to rotate over to cover that guy. He makes another pass when they do. That guy's open, and after four or five passes, you will find an open man, and it's one of the reasons why they're giving up sorry, so many open threes. You also want to give open threes to bad shooters. You'll live with Russell Westbrook taking as many as he did on Monday night. He's not a good three-point shooter, but they're giving up a lot of open looks because of that. Those really, really long defensive rotations and even the best team in the league after four or five passes when you're just all running around trying to kind of just cover the that guy and leaving someone else open they're going to find that guy and they're going to shoot an open shot and teams have been doing that against the pelicans to a very high degree 
But by getting away from this trapping scheme up top and you just leave a one-on-one defender there, well, then everyone else is covered and you don't start those defensive rotations as early in a possession as you had been before. And now that they're getting away from that, you're seeing much crisper rotations. A lot of the shots down low were contested. The NBA stats tracking data will say they were all contested, but if you get your back turned to a guy, you're not really contesting a shot. If you don't have your arms up, you're not contesting it. All of those looks were pretty well contested. I think Derek Favors did an awesome job down low trying to deter rim runs and guys getting into the paint and scoring that way. And when they did miss, he was grabbing the ball and scooping it all up, hence 20 rebounds. So I think the scheme they're running right now, which is different than what they had been early on in the year, is really working. Again, it just creates shorter defensive rotations. You don't need to start rotating after the first pass. There can be two or three passes, and you're still all covering your marks, the man that you're assigned to guard. That's good right now. You kind of need it. And just, you know, if the Pelicans don't give up an absurd shooting night to the Clippers, their defensive rating obviously is going to look significantly better. But you can just see it watching them contesting three-pointers more so than they had been in the past and just trying to run guys off the line and being able to actually do so. The defense, particularly from Drew Holiday, was awesome in this one. And you have to feel better about the long-term prospects. Is But the question then becomes, are you going to stick with this scheme, the, the not picking guys up high up and running a big up high scheme? Or is this the new scheme you're going to run? If you're going to go back to the original thing, there's still going to be issues. And the only way to work through that is just a play. So why change the scheme if that's going to be what you continue to do? And that's a question that I have. Is this actually the best method to do this, to grab a few wins now, but then you're going to go through these growing pains later on? And maybe they don't care and that's what they want to do. But it's something to keep in mind. But I've been impressed with what I've seen from the defense. They looked very good tonight. By staying on their guys, you can get arms in the passing lanes, deny passes. You saw Kenrich pick up a number of them. Uh, You saw Drew Holiday doing it too, getting his arms in the passing lanes. And overall, the Pelicans looked really good when it came to steals. They grabbed 11 in this game. They were awesome. Kenrich Williams with three himself. Jackson Hayes with one. Uh, Nicolo Melli with one as well. And those are the guys who kind of put that up. But it was team defense like we hadn't seen from this roster before going out there and again I don't think that's in small part due to Derek Favors him being healthy and able to protect the rim like that is a big boon for this team So I'll briefly touch on the game against the Warriors coming up this weekend on Sunday. Before we do that, though, the national nightmare is over. Carmelo Anthony signed to play in the NBA, going to the Portland Trailblazers. I'm happy it's not here in New Orleans. It was never going to be here in New Orleans. Someone tweeted at me being like, well, we're injured just as Portland is. Why don't we sign him? And I thought they were being serious. And then I saw the little smiley face, laughing, crying face, and they weren't. So I'm glad we don't have to have that discussion. I'm glad we didn't have to go through mellow watch here uh i kind of like him on that team they're really injured they are four and eight they don't look too good sure like why the hell not uh try it i think that's going to be kind of fun um with him and damian lillard let him just be a gunner but uh no yeah i don't think that's going to be a thing that's really going to work out he's not good he's not going to play significant minutes probably for them but cool to maybe see So moving on, the Golden State Warriors come to town Sunday. By the way, that Golden State team, 2-10. and They, it's rough. They don't have uh, Kevin Durant anymore. He left. Steph Curry's out injured. Klay Thompson's out injured. Draymond Green's out injured. Who who the hell's on that team? 
Uh, it's a good question. Guys that we haven't really seen, but this team did beat the Pelicans once this year. Ugh, Golden State with the worst record in the NBA right now. Getting guys, again, I could make up names and tell you they're playing significant minutes and you'd have to believe me. D'Angelo Russell obviously is still there. Glenn Robinson, you know his name because his dad was good. Not this guy being good. Eric Pascal has been pretty good for them and been kind of surprising. Uh, but when your sixth leading minutes guy is Jordan Poole, seventh is Alec Burke, uh, Burks, eight is Damian Lee, well then, yeah, you're in some trouble. They have a historically bad defense right now. Worse than the Pelicans, if you want to kind of feel better about things. Over the past 30 years, basically, they are the second worst defensive team right now. Like, you look at this, they don't play it. The Pelicans lose this one on Sunday. That's not good. They shouldn't be beaten by Glenn Robinson, Eric Pascal, and Jordan Poole. That's who's going to basically be playing for this. And D'Angelo Russell, he's good. Okay, we'll give him that. But man, their injury report... Pretty, pretty rough at times. We'll see how it's going to go, but they are not good. A big Draymond Green game, if he plays, shouldn't really uh, do anything to the Pelicans. They should be able to get this, particularly with the defense we saw from the team last night with the emergence again of Drew Holiday. It's going to be a fun game. There's going to be a lot of scoring in this one, but I think this is an excellent game for the Pelicans to start building a win streak and to maybe kind of get things fixed. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. That's going to do it for this week of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Monday.